All right, quiet down, quiet down. Okay, everybody, this is 12-sided guys, so if that's not what it says on your schedule, then you're in the wrong place. <laughs> uh, oh, wait, what? Okay, now that they're gone, uh, I'm gonna call roll just to make sure we're all where we're supposed to be. Matt as Pine. Present. Scott as uh, Rouse. Uh, I'm just auditing this one. Uh, uh, Sabrina as Nari, uh, or, or Nari, sorry about that. Uh, hey, hey there. Jordan as Richter. Uh, yo. Okay, well, uh, I am Don't Doc- forget A.A. Ron. <laughs> you done messed up, A.A. Ron. <laughs> okay, well, I am Dr. Paul, and this is Crystal Codex 101. Uh, if you all look at your syllabus, I've included at the front a list of supplies you'll need to be successful in Crystal Codex 101. This semester, you can get all of your purchases through 12sidedguys.com shop. I mean, you can try to buy from someone who took this last semester, but it'll probably be easier just to get your shirts and steins directly from the web store. Uh, now, it, Patreon is not necessary, but it does supply some supplementary material that really helps us all make more sense. Now, my office hours are listed and I'm located over in the Discord building. So feel free to stop in if you have any questions on any of the material we cover this semester. Also, uh, there is a lab that will take place periodically and those will be over on in the Twitch building. Is this going to be on the test? Well, you'll see on the syllabus that your first assignment is due by midnight Friday, but it's an easy one. It shouldn't take you very long. It's just a 10 to 50 word review and a five star rating on your podcasting app. Uh, anyway, a uh, quick question. Did anyone do their undergrad as a seed at Balam Garden? Uh, anybody? Uh, well, good. Then this podcast is for you. Let's get started. Crystal Codex 101. That was awesome. Oh my gosh, that's really <laughs> cute. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, I'm having like nightmares right now. <laughs> when I sell the mug after the class is over, will I get something back for it or is it just like pennies on the dollar? Yeah, you'll literally get 25 cents for a $200 mug. <laughs> yeah, they're going to put out a new edition. <laughs> oh man. Oh my gosh. All right, well, welcome back to the city of Kalinium uh, here in the Crystal Codex campaign. Last time we were together, it was going to be an exciting episode in the library of Lord and Lady Cadriel. Um, but before anything could happen, Pine received a sending from his long lost son, Temrid Jr., a man that we last saw somewhere around episode 38, 39, somewhere in there, um, a former lawyer who worked for the Tower of Judgment and worked for the Adjudicator, specifically Adjudicator Ulrich. And he was around way back when Ulrich was killed by Nari and the boys a long time ago. Anyway, shh, don't tell anyone. <laughs> as Nari is still carrying Ulrich's uh, axe. Will that be on the test later? <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, but not specific dates because my calendar for the events of this campaign are, is just all out of whack. Anyway, um, Pine and Roos decided to leave the library and go to a small uh, village just outside of the city of Kalinium called Moraville, um, a, uh, a lower income little village that is uh, originally was made up of refugees from Almar. Um, in the library, we had Richter and Nari go into the basement and they met a couple of the librarians down there and they actually ended up having a conference through this magical orb with Colbury 
as well as a librarian from Almar named Zita. Uh, and they all shared the knowledge that they had managed to glean in the past uh, 10 days or so. Colbury shared some information uh, about a book that he had found deep in the vaults under Arkelvy about um, the different heralds and even talked about finding them. And specifically, uh, it read that the body is hidden and where movement is greatest, seek the body in the rest between. Cryptic um, words uh, that may very well have to do with what's going on here in Kalinium. Uh, another thing that was discovered that uh, in Kalinium was a scroll uh, by Muriel that she had found talking about the angels and about how they are basically immortal until they actually complete their tasks. And that uh, if they are, if their physical bodies are uh, destroyed, that they will resurrect within about four weeks, um, one turning of the moon uh, to complete their task. Which means that Nari and the boys may only have two more weeks before Amavi, the Herald of the Mind, is resurrected. Well, the fact that the uh, the heralds come back after a month is really inconvenient. But the cool thing is, is that uh, your period tracker doubles as a herald tracker. <laughs> you know, that was my same thought. How convenient. <laughs> well, after five years, all of our periods are synced up, right? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Wait, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Another thing that was discovered in um, Almar by Librarian Zeta was tunnels, a map that featured the tunnels underneath the city of Almar, including some cryptic notes about a guardian and a gate. Pine and Roos, as they traveled into Moraville, this small village, they uh, met some um, colleagues of Temrid Jr. and were escorted to a secret meeting with Temrid Jr. where he informed Pine and Roos that a, an uprising was underway. And in three days, the, um, the citizens of these villages outside of the city of Kalinium were going to uh, make their presence known during a festival called The Falling and try to unseat the six uh, theocrats that currently rule Menarest, um, because they rule as six in name only. Temri Jr. revealed that the true ruler is uh, a woman named Annette, and she is uh, the Marchioness judge um, of Lord um, Asterman, the, the Lord of Judgment and Justice. Richter's best friend. <laughs> well, um, also... I mean, we're good buddies, you know. We've got a good relation. Best friend is a bit strong. Okay, he's my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> what was also revealed, though, is that Annette's husband is a man named Etienne, and he is the new um, blossoming storm of the western sky. Disputed, uh, disputed. Disputed by Pine, yes, exactly. Um, and um, Temra Jr. Asked, asked Mr. Pine and Roos if they would help uh, in this uprising. And um, Pine... Uh, asked Temrid to give him the three days to see what he could do diplomatically or at least without so much bloodshed. And the last thing that happened was Pine and Roos arrived back into the library of Lady Cadriel, uh, the secret library underneath the main library of Lord Cadriel. And that is where we are at this very moment. Roos and Pine, you have just come down this elevator into this basement. 
there's three other librarians down here. Um, you can see um, in one of these rooms uh, on this table working on some documents, you have Mitri. The, um, he's actually one of the six uh, leaders of uh, of Menarest, uh, but he seems more interested in his research than in actually ruling uh, the country. He is um, hard at work scouring over scrolls and books. Um, Nari actually had a pretty good conversation with him last time. Um, and Lionel has gone back into one of these other um, rooms that's kind of off to the side. Looks like he is studying something at a desk. And um, Muriel, um, who is blushing, uh, she was flirted at by Richter, um, now is leaving the room that had the large orb for the meeting, and is going back into another room to start looking um, at uh, more of the books and scrolls and things on the shelves to continue her research to see what more she can find. Uh, but yeah, we have Pine and Richter, Nari and Roos all together in one place again. Hey, Nari, Roos! Nari, no, Nari, Richter. Hey, Nari and Richter, Roos was with me. I'm going to start over again. <laughs> Go for it. Go for it. Yes. Hey, um, Richter and Nari, have I got a story to tell you? Dot, dot, dot. And that's the whole story. I feel like Nari and Richter would also basically just share what they learned as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, Pine, what is your plan in these next three days? What what you plan to do? Well... Honestly, originally, when we were coming here, I anticipated us staying under the radar. Wait, radar? I've done this before. Radar doesn't exist. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I anticipated staying out of sight um, and just low profile. But now I feel like I feel like there's something that Richter, your your status and mine, we could do something if not simply to distract to improve the efficacy of this uprising, but also to hopefully gain some ground before lives are lost. Richter Richter has a scowl on his face and he's kind of like staring at the floor a little bit and he's like so the Lord Astroman portion has really taken control of the city and that is a problem because <laughs> Victor, what's the motto of Menarest? The Lords preserve, the ladies protect and through balance, victory. Astroman is powerful, and uh, and Naraya is merciful. They balance each other out. The whole goal of the country wasn't to amass power and strength, wasn't to seek one's own interest. It was to achieve balance, and therefore to look out for the weakest and also provide for the country as a whole. And that's a fair point. I just... I don't want to jump into something to which I'm not wholly familiar to the situation. Uh, for for better or for worse, after the after the fall of the empire, and when Minrest was able to essentially reclaim its status as a sovereign and independent nation, a power system was pl- put in place, um, which certainly was not as uh, effective as the one under which you and I served. But it is the situation that we find in. Would not more lives be lost in the power vacuum that might ensue? I honestly hesitate to agree with Richter, um, but also we can't go around being vigilantes for every unjust government. I mean, especially with the information we just learned, I think that we have a far bigger task, Mr. Pine. Not, Not that this isn't a big task, 
Well, for that, I'm going to call uh, bullcrap. Bull honky. <laughs> Think about all we've done for Kira, for the Wait, country are, of Tabori. Are there honkies in this universe, too? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I reckon there is. <laughs> Think of all that we've done for, for Kira, for Tabori, because we had a vested interest. I have a vested interest here, and I have for years. I spent, I spent over a year here trying to affect change and trying to avoid exactly what's happening right now with this power struggle. I mean, that's... I have a question for, uh, um, what's his name? Maki Itri? Mitri. Mitri. Um, let's, let's, can, can we bring him in? Mitri, I have a question for you, sir. Yeah, he's, he's just down in this other room, just, uh, scouring away. Yeah, he's just this little short fella. He's got dark hair. He's got this really thick mustache that curls up at the ends. Um, when you mention his name, he kind of looks up. He's like, oh, uh, yes. Uh, what can I help you with? Hey, I got a question for you. Um, I've heard, uh, and I remember, that uh, the previous Marchioness of uh, Lord Cadriel, she was a feisty one, right, Eloise? Uh, yeah, she was uh, quite, um, quite verbose, yes. Um, she and, um, and Marchioness Judge Annette did not get along very well. They didn't see eye to eye. Um, you know, they were both very, very strong presences in one room, and, um, it, it got heated from time to time, yes. And, and what happened to Eloise? Why is she no longer the Marchioness? Um, she actually, she stepped down about eight months ago, and she actually m moved away to a different library. And that's all you know? I'm, I'm, that's what I was told. I. Wait, that's what you were told? You don't even know for a fact? By the beards of all the lords and ladies. <laughs> How do you do that to your mustache? <laughs> I'm Bruce, sorry. We're, we're, losing, we're losing the thread you, here. Mr. Pine. Like. <laughs> um, yeah, he's, he digs in his ear again, and he kind of starts rubbing some of the wax from his ear onto his mustache. Oh, again. Can I... <laughs> may I look in your ear? Oh, jeez. <laughs> you should bottle this shit and sell it. <laughs> I think you could sell that for a lot of money. <laughs> Um, oh, okay, um, sure, 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 sir, yes. Um, uh, <laughs> but yes, um, no, Eloise, um, she left a note. Um, she said that she was, she was tired of the fighting and tired of, of being ignored and, and tired of, of never coming to any kind of actual conclusion and, um, decided that her, her interests and her, um, her efforts were best spent elsewhere. But it, it's okay. We have Librarian Genevieve now. Um, she's she's filled that role, and and I can say that he kind of like looks down at his paper, starts to kind of like start to look at his notes again. I can say that you know council meetings are, are much faster, and there's a lot less yelling now. And he starts to kind of go back to his to his notes and to his research. But Mitri is at the point. I mean, I understand that frustration. I was basically run out of town on a rail last time I was here. But is that the point? Smooth. Council meetings? Is that the point of balance? Uh, well, I mean, I, if something's important to me, I speak up. I think that Annette's doing a great job with um, her. I, I don't, I, he kind of like, his shoulders slumped me. Listen, I never asked to be the marquee. 
librarian, ever. I, I did not want this position. Um, it was, it was. I was appointed, and um, and you know, I'm doing my best, but I would much rather be here doing my research than up there in the uh, in the Abbey of Balance. It's it's a, a waste of my time, and it's a long walk. <laughs> Who appointed you? I was appointed. Uh, someone put my name forward as a potential candidate, and there was a vote amongst the librarians here, as well as by the other um, the other acolytes of the other temples. And uh, my name came out on top. My name and Eloise. Hmm. Okay, well, I'm just going to throw this out here. I, I think that um, the fact that you said governing an entire country is a waste of your time is kind of the wrong attitude for the leader of a country to have. I'm calling it like I see it. I, I agree. Honestly, I would rather be down here. Hmm. I mean, I guess I could resign, and then Muriel or Lionel could take my place potentially, or they, they'd probably bring in somebody else. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't. Honestly, I haven't looked into much of how the theocracy used to run. However, I know that it was not done like this. No, I don't think it was. I know that the library used to pick its own um, representatives, and that's not how it is anymore. No, the power's all held at the top. And the most vocal, strongest opinion is the one that's going to be, you know, in charge. Especially if, if let's say, a certain marchioness um, was able to acquire the the fealty of another member. That's a lot of voting power to con- control who's even on the council itself. Well, yeah, you're right. But they're doing a good job, so I haven't... Wait, wait, I have you... Have you been on the streets? Have you heard how they're talking about the the people in in Moraville? Oh heavens, no! I don't I don't go out on the streets. Oh, well, the poor have nothing to eat. Well, that's not what I've heard in our meetings. Hmm. You're supposed to say let them eat cake. <laughs> um, yeah, I just realized that I literally in one of our streams I did make the temple to Lord Asterman and <laughs> the central piece is a very large guillotine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I love it. That's amazing. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. I, I have not heard those reports. <clears throat> and and you guys, we focus on the whole country, not just here in Clinium. So it's true, but uh, a cancer in the capital has to be dealt with. And I didn't mean that the poor people are cancers. Ah, they came out wrong. <laughs> he he uh, he kind of he, he kind of slumps in his chair. He's like, "Listen, I I'm not a politician. I'm not I'm not a fighter. I'm not. I don't speak up. I I'm a researcher. I I love knowledge. I love I love finding secrets and hidden things. I'm I'm fulfilling this role that I've been appointed to as best as I know how. But I'm not made for this. Well, why don't you appoint someone who is? I mean, if I were to resign, I wouldn't get a vote. I, if I may, the fact that he does not have much of a desire to serve actually may be exactly the type of leader you want. Someone who is reluctantly doing their obligation to the best that they can, um, granted, subject to certain criticisms as to their efficacy, but I would be more 
reticent to have somebody who loved being in leadership, who loved the thrill of the power of leadership, who wanted to hold on to those titles. I agree, but I do feel like you should know if people are are starving in the streets. You should be a little bit more aware. Which is which is understandable. Clearly, clearly, I mean, I'm not here to at this moment cast judgment on this individual. Uh, we have, it sounds to me, Temrid, that you've been presented with a situation, a grievance where there is a not small contingent of the city or of the, of the central dominance population, which is aggrieved in some... Hey, Mitri, we're done important... with you. You can, you can go away. Don't listen to this part. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, uh, you can tell he's starting to get a little uncomfortable as he's sitting there. Um, Treat everything that you hear here as the secret knowledge of the Library of Cadriel. I have been helping as much as I can, but not just Kalinium. I mean, and he points out the papers like, I understand there's something bigger going on and I have been doing whatever I can to research Iremil and inevitability. And I've been trying to help. And apparently I've been trying to help you guys, you four. And uh, I'm doing what I can. You must understand. And we appreciate your efforts immensely. And um, it's, you're not doing it for us. We're all working together for the good of Pavantis. Um, and that's a separate matter. You're far more suited to this task. I, I agree. And, and, and Richter, I 100% agree with what you just said. If there's somebody, I, you'd, I would much rather have an entire council of pious clerics seeking the best interest of the people with regards to the lords and ladies they serve and not their own best interests. And I remind you, Richter, I have personal experience with Marchioness Annette. I was here for a year trying to be heard, trying to be a voice of reason. So it's not just that I've heard this from, you know, somebody else today. It's been festering in the years since I've been gone. Yes, I mean, you know, I... I was here during that time uh, and saw your efforts and my respect and admiration for you, Timrid, grew during that time because you were a voice of reason. Um, I just, in terms of moving to act and he kind of looks over at Mitri and kind of then looks over at Pine and says, moving into uh brash action without a full awareness of the situation is uh, something that I'm just a little leery about getting involved with. We know that no system is perfect, that there will always be those who are aggrieved, who for one reason or another within society um, are disadvantaged relative to the rest of the whole. And actions indeed should be taken to rectify such situations. However, um, the severity of those actions is something that should be very carefully measured. Which is exactly why I'm asking your help to try to temper those over the next few days so that it doesn't come to all-out war and bloodshed. You and I, we have names of renown, maybe infamy definitely on my part but our, our our voices can be heard and all I'm asking is that we attempt to make our voices heard again before that fateful day happens hmm. 
And then if it comes to it, if it comes to bloodshed, I will stand with my son, but I don't ask you to. Hmm. Very well. I will I will lend my voice to this cause. I, I do not wish to see unrest in our home. Uh, it's the last thing that I would wish upon Minrest and Kalinium. And so, if there is any way that I can, through word or action, stabilize or lend stability to the situation, I'm happy to do so. But until I can see greater evidence to the uh, to justify action um, I am reluctant to be involved in the greater capacity than that okay I'm here for you Mr. Pine I'll kick some ass if I need to well let's go topple a government <laughs> Let's go topple the government. <laughs> uh, Mitri is just uh, back at work. He, as you guys kept talking, he kind of just kept looking down at his papers, and you could kind of see him kind of lose interest in what you guys were talking about. I rolled for it, and he just went right back to his papers, and he's he's <laughs> he's just scribbling some notes and drawing pictures of a giant angel statue. If nothing else, I think we can get immediate audience if we wanted, simply by issuing a challenge to defend our titles wrongfully taken from us. Yes, I'm, I mean, I'm I'm very curious who is going about claiming to be the blazing sun of the eastern sky. Hey, Mitri, <laughs> which of you are librarians here are over, like, current events? I, I guess, I mean, I know uh, some of what's going on. What are you wondering about? Well, for one, of the four schools, uh, who are at the heads of those schools currently? Oh, I knew you were going to ask me about the other two as well. Time to generate some names, Paul. <laughs> so, uh, in particular, we are curious as to who has adopted the, the leadership and the mantles of the Blossoming Storm of the Western Sky and the Blazing Sun of the Eastern Sky. Oh, um, oh, easy. The Blossoming Storm of the Western Sky, that's Etienne. That is the husband of, actually, Marchioness Judge Annette. He's a very capable swordsman. And the western sky, or uh, uh, the blazing. <laughs> He's from deep south in, in uh, Colinium. That's their yes, accent yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, this is the guy. What's he looking for? Um, no, um, there's, a, there's a little bit of Borat coming out, I think. It's what he's looking My for. Wife. <laughs> My wife. <laughs> my wife That's I, don't, I, I saw Borat like 20 years ago um, anyway okay. the blazing sun of the eastern sky is actually a, a man named uh, Cassian um, Richter why don't you make a history check mm, let's see how this goes <laughs> I rolled a 10 uh, you recognize the name Cassian but you couldn't put a face to it and what, do, what can you tell me about this Cassian um, I know that he is a, a warrior of great skill. Um, he's older, not quite as old as you. Um, sorry, that's uh, rude, but um, he's that's probably okay. in his forties. I've earned these these gray hairs. <laughs> yeah, well, total geezer, this guy. Well, he's uh, he's probably <laughs> he dyes in... them gray every night. <laughs> he's in he's middle aged. <laughs> he's he's middle aged. He um. You, you can't miss him. He's uh, he's unique here in in Kalinium. Uh, we don't get many um, like him. He has red skin and, and horns and and long black hair, but he um, 
He actually, um, at one point, was an officer in the Menorese military uh, years ago. Huh. Um. It, any it, any notable accolades, or or do you know where he under whom he fought? I know that for a while he actually fought um, for the empire. So um, after after the war with uh, Menarest was complete and it became a province of the empire, um, he, along with many others, took the... Um, they took the bargain. Yes, they took the bargain. Um, and uh, he became an officer in the, um, in the Almerian Empire. Um, I don't know much about his, his campaigns or where he traveled to, but I do know that he made his, a name for himself as, a, as an amazing swordsman. And uh, upon the shattering and returning back here to Menarest. Um, he made a name for himself here again and is now the blazing sun of the eastern sky. Interesting. Well, thank you for the, uh, the information. It's greatly appreciated. You're welcome. So now we know who to challenge. I got the other, again, more important matter, the the, you know, the life or death of everyone matter. Uh, talking about the, the Herald of the Earth. It seems like the, the, the prophecy stated that it would be hard to find. And that we'd actually need to find it in the stillness. The rest between, yes. The, the rest between. So, what does that mean? Does it mean like... A place in Menares that's not feeling the earthquakes? That, or is it about the timing? Like, only when there's not an earthquake are we going to be able to to find it? I don't know. Um, Mitri, with the... <laughs> he, he looks up, he's like, oh. he's like yes. yes. You can see, like, the, the nib of his quill, like, snaps as you call him. He's like, oh, Mitri. Uh, Mitri, yes, come here. Yes, yes, what is it? I'm, I am a librarian. I'm still here to serve and, and help with whatever knowledge I can. Yes, you're darn right. Um, what we need from you, librarian person, is where have these, where have been the, the epicenters of the earthquakes that have occurred in, in and around Minarest? Um, okay. Uh, it seems that um, the... The worst earthquakes actually have been coming from uh, northeast of here, between between here in Clinium and uh, Bredivine. Got it. And you would know that Clinium, the way that, that Menarest is, it's kind of like, it kind of runs northeast to southwest, kind of on this diagonal. And Clinium is a port uh, city, and Bredivine is northeast of it, but it still follows along the coast. Um, so there's like some plains in between Clinium and Bredivine. Got it. What about places, you know, near there that haven't reported any earthquakes? It's pretty sparsely populated, so I, you know, just some farmlands, some some homesteads. Um, so we don't get many reports from out there anyway. Um, but it seems that as people have traveled from Bredivine here to Clinium, the, the shaking and the quaking seems to get worse. And then as you uh, approach Clinium from Bredivine, it seems to get better again. Never completely going away, but... Definitely there in those plains is, is, it seems to be um, not only more often, but also more violent. Hmm. Interesting. Anything, anything further uh, east in, near Turberin, Tur- 
how do you pronounce that? I want to make sure I'm yeah, saying that Chibrin, right. Chibrin, um, the same, the same. As you, as you approach the the plains between Kalinium and Bredevine, kind of, and Chibrin, it kind of makes a triangle on the map. Um, kind of the central point uh, between there, between those three cities, is where the quaking seems to be the worst. Hmm. But definitely closer here to Kalinium and Bredevine than Turbarin. I've heard reports that people have been leaving their homesteads and their farms and heading here towards Clinium and heading north towards Bredevine. Maybe there's somebody either here in, in the city or maybe out in one of the villages who um, may have better answers um, than I do. Perfect. Yeah, I think, I think uh, our next steps will take us that direction, certainly. Okay. I appreciate your service, Mitri. And Mitri! Yes. I love your mustache. <laughs> All right, my turn. Hey, Mitri, I'm looking for a book on how to raise how to raise guinea pigs. <laughs> I've heard that you need to have at least two because they're social. Is that true? Um, I, I, yes. <laughs> I You're a great know. librarian. Mitri, 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 can you tell me what this rash is? It's right here. It's a little itchy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You guys are great. Um, oh, that looks... Yeah, don't know. I know what that is, Richter. That's actually from... I um, asked Mitri. On your I asked Mitri. <laughs> <laughs> Mitri's like, you got, um, you'll have to excuse me. I think I'm, I'm pretty sure I have a meeting I have to get to up in the Abbey of Balance. And he, he actually stands up and starts walking towards the elevator. <laughs> <laughs> he would rather He would rather be ruling the country, something that he hates, than be down here answering your questions anymore. Well... Well, Temrid, um, I will defer in to your good judgment then in terms of next steps. Um, certainly time is of the essence relative to our primary objective, but this matter and the stability of Kalinium and Minrest as a whole certainly is important, and I will support you in this next phase, at least to a degree. I mean, you realize, I mean, not just from a military standpoint, but... My son has told me he's going to war and has asked my help. Right? I, I can't stand by, do nothing, leave him. He didn't... He Apparently, he's been doing some training recently, but he was never like Sanya. I, I know that she can take care of herself. She's demonstrated that for years. But, uh... Sounds like oldest daughter syndrome. What? Yeah. <laughs> Temrit Jr. was always more into books and learning, and uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know. At the end of the day, we want the greater good for the majority of the populace, um, and something that is worthy to note is that if any large contingent, even though a minority, is being dramatically subjugated, then that serves as a catalyst for further destruction to the majority, even though the majority may not be directly in peril's path. Um, you cannot subjugate or harm 20-30% of, of a country and not have it affect the whole. There may be cause for action because of what's going on, because of the, the inequities that are being perpetrated here in the city. And perhaps you're right, the the current government may be to blame for much of this. It's just 
This is a tricky situation with many variables, and I'm reluctant to throw my blade into the fight without a better understanding. Okay, that's fair. Nari, Ruth, what are your thoughts? I mean, Mr. Pine, were I, at least, and I would assume Ruth's, we're, we're with you all the way. Uh, you've been here for us when, as you mentioned, Tabory was in distress, and we're here for you when your home country and your son need you. Ruth looks up from a piece of paper that, that says, can't call it earwax. Must think of a better name. <laughs> <laughs> With a picture of a bottle and uh, a mustache on it. He's dry. Oh, good. oh gosh. Yeah, he's in. <laughs> oh, yes. I was listening. Sorry. Um, I'm, I'm here to help. I think that I think we need to continue our investigation. And when called, if we're still here, we will help your son. But our top priority is, is inevitability. Okay. All right. Well, inev- speaking of inevitability, it sounds like we got about two weeks before the Herald of Mind reawakens, and then a few days after that, the Herald of Wind. I think we need to get word to our allies in those locations to be, I don't know, ready to stop it or to attempt to combat it again. What do you think? As you ask that question, suddenly you feel the ground underneath your feet start to vibrate and you can hear like tables and chairs starting to click and clack against the floor as the whole room you're in starts to shake quite violently. Not too, not, not like enough to knock a whole bunch of stuff off the shelves. There are a couple books that fall over and that kind of thing. Um, torches and, and lanterns start to sway on their chains. It lasts about 20 seconds and then settles down again. I feel the earth shake under my feet. <laughs> Wait, I remember that from Omzi. Yeah. That is I'm... exactly where I was referring <laughs> that to. That was my favorite thing as a little kid. The earthquake room? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, I guess I don't want to be underground for the next one that's bigger. The big one is coming. <laughs> So what do you think, though? Should we should we warn them? Should we try to set up some kind of a watch? I know that there's already a watch there in in, in Alma, but they need to be ready for, you know, a, a herald to return. No, I think warning them is, is of paramount importance. Because should it take us a week, a week and a half to even locate the herald here, there may not be enough time for us to complete the mission or complete the task in time to get back to Almar to handle the situation ourselves. Better to give them ample warning. Plus, we can't be playing whack-a-mole with all these heralds. We can't go back and, and just keep defeating them. And we haven't even discussed the uh, the Herald of, of Water. That's clear out in the Wild Isles. I've only heard stories. I mean, as far as I know, it's like, you know, a mystical place where Boys never age, and there's, you know, pirates and Native Americans, and I'm saying it sounds like Neverland. It'd only be very, <laughs> very, very, very Wouldn't of they the be Native called Americans? Native Wywildilandians? You, you so, know. And, and technically, <laughs> technically, it, what you were heard was that it's not the Wywild Islands. It's actually way farther south. The Wywild Islands are far, like, southeast. This is, like, straight south. Um out in the middle of the ocean. It was the Wild Island um, sailors who actually 
have encountered this storm. Oh, well, that's even more bullcrap. <laughs> uh, yes. And I well, wish we had like a, I wish we had like a, a second, a secondary team that we could send on a mission like this, like some kind of not like a varsity team, but but like a maybe backup squad, a backup, a, a backup squad. Yeah, a, maybe like a like a like a varsity, like a diet varsity, you know, or <laughs> yes. like, a, like, like a, the junior investigators. Yeah, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. Like a, uh. <laughs> <laughs> like a happy meal. I'm sorry. I don't know. <laughs> well, here, here's something that you guys also would realize too, as you guys are talking about the heralds and them resurrecting. Um, the last thing you heard from Tikris uh, was that uh, he was bringing the key to you. Oh uh, no, the means... MVP of that fight won't be there. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, how do you know he was the MVP though? You know, where... That seems like a wild supposition. Oh, if you'd seen him, you would know. <laughs> I'm sure Dordan did fairly well. Yeah, a great smith. You know. Well, I mean, in legend says Yastin was one of the most powerful soldiers ever. One of the most powerful <laughs> rangers. I can speak to Yastin's efficacy. He was hit or miss. Honestly, I know my brother. Adresso was probably taking care of him for the most part. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh, that's so sweet. I was always hoping they'd end up together. <laughs> <laughs> wink, <All right>. wink. <laughs> okay. So, so these are some things that you guys have realized here in the basement um, of the library of Lady Cadriel. Um, so are you guys going to hang out here? Are you guys going to um, head up to the surface? You guys have some plans you guys want to get in acting? Or what is what is happening here? Yeah. Time is of the essence. I think let's let's get out of here. Yeah, I think it's kind of up to Mr. Pine at this point. Go do a limbo contest. I'm assuming that's <laughs> that's what you meant when you said you were going to challenge the uh, the current sword of the uh, eastern uh, or western sky. It's actually pie eating. It's you know, <laughs> it's very civil. They haven't used limbo for disputes in probably 250 years. <laughs> <laughs> it was too bloody, too violent, <laughs> barbaric. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, okay, so let's, uh, I guess, where would, uh, where would we issue a challenge? Typically, so historically, these challenges would be issued at the schools themselves. The champions would be there, or they'd request the presence. But Etienne is probably here in the city now. Yeah, one other thing that you know about Clinium as well is that um, there is... Uh, you've been here plenty of times. There's the library of Cadriel and actually literally just a little bit further south and east of it is a place called the dueling grounds. And it's like this, it's this pit that's been dug into the ground and there's um, benches around it, uh, like marble benches. And there's this nice white fence around it. Um, and then there's this, this grand staircase on either side, uh, on the east side and the west side that descend down into this sand pit. Um, and, you know, the duels have been fought there for, um, for over a hundred years. Um, so there's definitely, um, there's definitely a precedent to fight here as opposed to at the schools. But I just, just so you're aware of that. All right. Well, I'm going to go issue a formal challenge at the dueling grounds, I guess. Richter, are you going to do the same or do you want to see how it goes? Or? Well, I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll come along and you know, it might behoove us to, uh, yeah, perhaps I will issue a challenge myself. I will say this, uh, I certainly engaged in no succession of the of my title any time in the recent past at all, so... All right, uh, Roost, you, would you be my second? 
It's not like you don't have to do any fighting or anything. You just it's basically you're there to make sure that the the other side follows the rules, and then he the other the other opponent would have a second as well. And then there's I, also I saw that play. That what what um I'm supposed to try and talk him out of it for a minute, right? <laughs> and then um. <clears throat> What was I supposed to do about the shot? I can't remember. I guess I'll just be on puff paint duty making uh, making signs for you. <laughs> do uh, one no, of those... it's fine. It's fine, Mr. Pine. I know. Yeah, you want Drews to be your second. That's cool. No, do one of those run-through banners like they do for football teams. <laughs> well, honestly, Nari, I was thinking that if, if Richter's able to do his challenge, you could be his second. The second second. Huh. Yeah, well, the duels here in Men Arrest, rather than having, like, an impartial judge, they have two very partial lawyers. Um, actually, the way that the duels generally will work is that the people looking on will, um, will determine if it's, if it's a draw or whatever, if it's, if it's too close to call, um, usually it's kind of decided by the crowd. So you guys are going to now leave the library and head over to the, to the dueling grounds. Yes. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. The dueling grounds, not the dueling grounds, because the dueling grounds would be when you have two of something. Yes, it's where you hold two weapons at the same time. Or two pie tins if you're doing a pie eating contest. (laughs) (laughs) We're just a duo dual dueling. That's all. A duo dual dueling. (laughs) Dually. Yeah, doodly noted. Oh, dude, who's that uh, tiefling lady over there on the far right? Oh. Well, she's, she's not there, but... <laughs> no, she's not there. But that is Marchioness Gardener uh, Clotilde. Um, she is the um, she is uh, Moshe's uh, representative on the Council of Six. Ooh, mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind having a conversation with her about what's been going on with Moshe. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Okay. Um, as you uh, approach the dueling grounds, uh, the dueling grounds, like I said, is this, is this large pit. It's got to be like a hundred feet across. It's it's kind of circular. It's, it's like octagonal, uh, mainly because the <laughs> program I use to make the map doesn't let you do like really good diagonals and stuff. <laughs> so it's got a little bit of a stair step to the walls. But I think you I think you, you catch what's going on. Um, so what um, what happens as you approach the dueling grounds? It is this uncovered pit. Um, grand staircases on either side, east and west, go down into this pit. You can see that there is like some rubble down there, old ancient like um, fallen rocks and uh, probably pieces of some ancient temple that are here. Um, it looks cool, but it also adds like, um, for example, as you're in the middle of a fight or a duel, you can run and hide behind um, some debris or some rocks, that kind of thing. Uh, Maybe so, if you're school of the void, come on. <laughs> so, um, but More there like are school benches. of the avoid. <laughs> oh, <laughs> there are benches all the way around this fighting pit. Um, but as you approach, um, there is this small little pavilion uh, uh, off to the side, and it, it has these little steps that walk that walk up to this small, probably like just about ten feet by ten foot uh, circular pavilion with a with a roof over it. And in the middle of that pavilion, there is a pedestal. And on that pedestal, there is a book. And you would know that this is, if you want to duel someone, this is where you inscribe your name and the person you choose to duel. You inscribe your name here in this book. There is a, an attendant who is um, standing close by. 
you know, this is a um, it's a government office to be in charge of the of the dueling book um, and to uh, keep watch over the dueling grounds. Um, not all duels that are fought here are uh, of any import, uh, and so um, there's always somebody around to um, make sure that everything is kind of on the up and up because duels here in the country of uh, Menarest are legal. Um, but it's, you can't just go and murder somebody in here, if that makes sense. Um, so yeah, so there is a book there and there is an attendant who is standing there in like a black robe with some gold trim on it. And, uh, he's got like a big chain around his neck with crossed swords as like the pendant. Sick bling, dude. Uh, well, I will walk up to the book and look at the entries. Okay. Yeah, you see, um, you see, just like uh, Farmer Joe challenges Petrie, um, and you see, like, um, you know, I mean, you you see, like, um, so basically, it it's has a Mitri's place. Twin brother, <laughs> P- Petrie and Farmer Joe, Joe, their their duel was was a game of horseshoes, a game of horseshoes. <laughs> As you were looking through this book, you see that there's a place to write um, the challenger's name and the challenged person's name, as well as uh, a brief description of why you are challenging them. Um, as you approach, Richter, and look, the attendant doesn't say anything. He just kind of nods to you, and he actually um, he holds out in his hands an ink, uh, an ink pot and a quill. I will, I'll grab the ink pot and the quill, but before I sign anything, I want to ask him a quick question and just say, so w- what could you tell me about uh, Cassian, the... Uh the blazing sun of the eastern sky. With a natural 10, he says, I hear he's a very accomplished swordsman, and I have not seen him lose here. You know, I'm not worried about his prowess. I'm just curious what sort of man he is. Competent. Quiet. Has he ever, um... Has he ever appeared to act rashly or unjustly? He thinks about it for a second. And then shakes his head, says, no, uh, no. In fact, if you look through the book, uh, you can see that um, I don't believe he has ever been a challenger. He has always been the challenged. Hmm. And he accepts all comers. I'm also challenged and accept all comers. So I feel that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What you've known, what I have seen of Cassian is that he is an honorable fighter. Richter will kind of think for a moment and will say, if I had time, I'd want to know who this person is before challenging him in in this pit. Um, Let us see if he is worthy of the title. And if he is, then I am happy to welcome a new blazing sun. And so he goes ahead and writes his name down and then writes Cassian as the challenged and what do you put down as the reason for the challenge? Uh, he'll put down <laughs> worthiness <laughs> as the <laughs> as the reason. Nice. All right. Pine will follow it up, and he'll just state very loudly, I, Temrid Pine, blossoming storm of the western sky, challenge the usurper Etienne, pretender at the title, I demand satisfaction. And I'll put my name in his name. And for the reason, I'll put satisfaction. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. This attendant looks at the book and he nods and he says, where can we find you when the challenge has been accepted? Because I can assure you it will be accepted. 
Oh, well, we're staying at the uh, Belly Up. Um, so any message that goes there will eventually find its way to us. Um, it will need to be in the next few days, though, because we will be leaving. He looks over again at what you guys have both written and uh, says, oh, I'm fairly certain it will be very quickly. Like within the day? All I'm saying is I think you guys can kick these dudes ass. I, I'm worried. We fought some we fought some humanoid enemies that are way too strong for us to take on one on one. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I'm, my thought here is it's like, you know, maybe this guy is a usurper, but it doesn't seem like I don't know enough about him to see if he is like using the title in a negative way. Yeah, maybe he is worthy of being the next, you know, blazing sword. Maybe he's not. But if he is worthy, at least there should be a official passing of the baton. And so, yeah, that's the thing is that he didn't challenge you for it and you did not give it up. Right. So either way, he he does not hold the the title justly. You asked if if it could be within the day and the attendant says very likely. Well, Etienne especially does not take kindly to being challenged. Awesome. That sounds fantastic. I am amenable. Very well. Well, perhaps we wait at the uh, the belly up. Or we could hang out here for a bit while, or... What else do we need to do in the city before, uh, before any challenges, uh, happen? Anything else here? We do, there was a mention of maybe speaking to some farmers who've come in from out, uh, near where the earthquakes are originating. Yeah, I suppose we could do that if we have some time. Honestly, I would be surprised if they let farmers stay in the city. No, I would imagine we'd have to go outside the city walls. Mm. Yeah, so the, in Clinium, there's there's two villages. There's a, there's well, there's three villages, but two of them are bigger. Moraville is to the south, and then uh, Pillarin Village is to the to the north. And they're basically just a, a clusters of houses that follow the road. Yeah, as I seem to recall, there is the one inn on the far side of Pillarin Village. Um, that might be a place where we could go and see if there's some news. It'd be a bit of a a bit of a of a travel to get there. It's on the far side of. Of the city and outside the city walls. Right. I'm sure I'm sure these fine gentlemen can find us outside of the city. Nari kind of nods to the uh to the gentleman who's taking taking the notes. I'm sure they can find us. We we have ways, yes, we do have ways. Yeah, we'll be so either if we're not at the belly up, we'll be in Pillarin Village. Uh, they're probably in there. Okay. He 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 bows to you. Says, of course. Thank you. I love it when they bow to me. Okay. Anyway, let's uh, <laughs> let's head that direction. <laughs> uh, as you guys turn to leave uh, this uh, the dueling grounds and this little uh, pavilion, um, this attendant he turns and he actually uh, calls over uh, a young boy who had been kind of sitting off to the side, and um, they exchange some words. And then this young boy starts calling through the streets as like a town crier, like ringing a bell. And he starts shouting out the names of the challengers and the challenged um, and uh, stout starts just uh, spreading the word that there has been a challenge made at the dueling grounds. Yes. Start spreading the news. <laughs> are we leaving today? <laughs> yeah, right guys, now we're leaving yes, today. <laughs> you guys are leaving the city and uh, heading north um, out of the harvest gate uh, in, in into Pillarin village. As you guys move through the city of uh, Clinium, 
you move through the north side, you move past some uh, expensive shops, you move past the Lounging Hound Tavern, which is right near that north gate, the Harvest Gate. And um, anybody who is a patron who can access the wiki and the maps, if you want to check out the Lounging Hound Tavern, I am especially um, proud of this one, especially for all the artwork on the walls. <laughs> have, you, have you guys been there yet? <laughs> no. But I, I thought you were going to say just north of the village of the city on the on the coast, there's also a naval yard, which is probably your greatest creation. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty great. Um, all right. Um, you guys head uh, north uh, through the city, past the Lounging Hound, past the uh, Arterian's Shrine, uh, which is also by the gate. And you head out the Harvest Gate and into Pillarin Village. Instantly, you can see that the houses are smaller. They are more uh, close together. Lots of common shared walls. You can see, I was going to say refuse in the streets, but it, not not an overly abundant amount of like garbage and stuff, but definitely compared to inside the city of Clinium, uh, Pillarin Village is a little bit less taken care of. Um, as you move through, you can see that there is actually a temple of Erdos that you pass by right as you leave the city. Um, and then um, as you walk along the road heading north, uh, which actually will end up taking you down across the, uh, or along the coast towards the city of Bredevin, uh, which is days and days away for walking, um, you actually uh, pass by houses and you can see at the far end of the, of the village, you can see that there is a, um, a small inn and it's called The Last Stop. Is that where you guys are headed? Yep. Yeah, I figure that's the likely place. Yeah. You see people moving uh, moving about through the through the village. I want you guys to all make perception checks as well as you guys are moving through the village. Perception. Pine rolled a 15. Daddy's gonna roll a perception. Bruce got a 14. Nari got a 23. And Richter got a 20. How did Bruce only get 14? I rolled a 2. Okay. So was Richter <laughs> seeing that Daddy's gonna get a... a perception? You're darn right he was. Okay, just wanted to make sure I heard that right. <laughs> um, yeah, as you guys are moving through, um, Richter and Nari, you guys are, are uh, walking through the village, and as you guys are walking through this village, you see normal village life. You see, like, a, you know, a blacksmith out pounding some horseshoes, and you see, like, kids running around chasing a goose, that kind of thing. Uh, you see terrible bowl cuts, like you always see walking around the villages in Witcher 3, right? Like terrible bowl cuts, and for some reason they're wearing shirts, but they're wearing like no pants, right? I yep. literally just got a terrible bowl cut the other day, so that's a little triggering, but okay. Oh. <laughs> it got it fixed, but it was it was really rough. Oh, okay, good. Um, but yeah, you see, you see, kind of the normal goings on of, of any village that you would have walked through, um, you know, anywhere in the world. But Nari and Richter, you can just as you're walking through, you see, um, you see small clusters of people gathered together whispering you know like leaning over a barrel kind of talking to each other or like one person standing at a window kind of whispering into another uh, into the window talking to somebody else um, it seems all normal everyday life unless you look a little deeper and you can see that it's not apparently just Moraville to the south but but Pillar and Village something is going on uh, up here in the north as well uh, but yeah you approach this last stop in 
and um, it's a it's a relatively small inn. It looks like it's single story. Um, and you can see that on um, the west side there is it looks like there's rooms, and on the east side it is a like a common room slash brewery slash tavern type of thing. You can get some food. Um, it looks like the the outside of the building is rough wood, and the floor. Um, as you push the doors open is also like a very kind of rough beaten wood uh, wood floor. Uh, if you're not wearing shoes, you're probably gonna get a splinter. You can see that there are like two big hearths on the wall. Um, you can see like there's cats moving around uh, the, the tables and, and chairs and there's a big long bar along one wall. Um, and um, yeah, as you walk in, you can see a lot of just villagers. Uh, you see people wearing, you know, rough clothing. You, know, you don't see a lot of armor or weapons. You don't see, you know, jewels and, and riches. You just see, you know, like rough spun clothing. You see leather uh, aprons or you see um, wool, uh, that kind of thing. Um, a lot of uh, just working folk are in here. Wearing sensible wranglers, everyday mans. <laughs> yes, <laughs> there are some everyday men in here. Actually, no, you better hope not because they were they were beasts. Only when they were high. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so here you are in the last stop in. Um, there is nobody, um, there's nobody to welcome you as you come in. It's just the kind of place where you walk in and you pull up a seat and then, um, or you go up to the bar and order your drink, whatever. And you see that there's tables full of people just talking. Um, again, uh, Nari and Richter, you sense, you can see like the the smoldering beneath the surface and the secret conversations that are going on, the, uh, the, uh, the planning and the, the excitement and the fear uh, of these people here in this, in this inn. Well, I wonder if Richter and uh, Mr. Pine should be the ones to kind of talk to the bartender since they are the, the natives. Well, at the same time though, I'm uh, I don't know if you noticed my, my duds, but I'm kind of dressed like an ambassador from a, foreign country. I don't know if the salt of the earth are going to want to talk to me too much. You guys all do kind of stand out here because you're armed, you're dressed nice. I was just going to say, I think we're all kind of... <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'd be willing to to go and see if I can't have a have a chat with these good fine people. And uh, he's going to walk up and he's going to say hello friend. Um... My name's Kaylin, just traveling through the area. Uh, what's with all these earthquakes? Uh, is this something that's been going on for a while now? Uh, who are you talking to? Just some random dude up the bar? Or are you talking to the bar, to the bartender? Bartender himself. Okay. Um, oh, he's like, oh, uh, well, welcome to the last stop. Uh, earthquakes? Yeah, they've been, they've been happening now for a few, for a month or more. Um, just seem to be getting worse. He's like, your, your accent, you're not from around here? No, no, I've been, I've been traveling, uh, do merchant shipping, you know, going over to the continent, uh, through old, uh, Rakolia and up through Valkanar, back into here, you know, just kind of making the rounds, and, um... Yes, we're all merchants. Hello, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, welcome to the last stop. You guys are, uh, you're welcome to, to get some food here, but it seems like you, you, you all might be more comfortable in the city. Would you like to buy an egg of uh, unknown origin? <laughs> Mr. Pine, our only customer, only customer is Gerard. That's true. I just, I'm pretending to be a merchant, and he's kind of the only one that I've dealt with for years. <laughs> well, I think I'm a thirsty merchant. Uh, could we please have an order of drinks and, and whatever your daily lunch is? We would, we would love that. All right, yeah. And yeah. then Dari will kind of slide over some money just as a very obvious sign. 
I need to stay sharp if I'm going to be fighting, so I'll just have a Long Island. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's it, huh? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you guys get some drinks. He he slides over. He actually he just brings out one chicken for you guys to share, um, and then some bread and some cheese. Um, Is it rotisserie like Costco style, or what it's are we straight up rotisserie Costco style? <laughs> nice. Yes, yes. Only only better. Like uh, when I was in Portugal, um, they had this this shop, and all it did was rotisserie chickens, and they were so good. And then when I got home, I had never been to Costco. This was years and years ago. And I got a rotisserie chicken from Costco, and I was so disappointed because it was just a chicken. Oh, man, if you were disappointed with that, you would be really disappointed with the one from, like, the Kroger. <laughs> uh, I love a Costco rotisserie chicken. <sighs> I, I mean, they're they're okay. They're good. But the oils and things that they were drizzling over the chickens in Portugal were so good. Anyway, so, yeah, it's, like, no greasy. <laughs> it's like greasy chicken and like crusty bread, um, some stinky cheese, um, and you guys each get uh, whatever drink you want, and it's just going to cost you just a, a few copper is all. What about these earthquakes? Yeah, we asked about those earthquakes. What's the deal, man? I I don't know. I'm I I, I don't know. They've just started, and uh, maybe there's a volcano going to erupt or something. I don't know. Hmm. I mean, it seems strange. Has there been people? Uh... You know, we were we we were talking to some folks. They were saying that it was it was worse the further north you go. We were gonna be heading that direction, but um, I don't know. Have you heard anything about that? Oh yeah, there's actually. He kind of points over to one of the tables. He says, "Yeah, actually, uh, them over there, the uh, Blanchards. Yeah, they uh, they came down from up north. They actually said that it's gotten too rough. They've left their farm and they've come down here to the city. Oh, poor fellows." Perhaps we could we could speak with them. In a moment, can we have some additional food and drink brought over to their table? On on my dime, happy to pay. In fact, you know, everyone drinks on us. You know, it's been a rough time, and you know, let's all have make merry for a little while and have a good time. And so, Richter is going to throw the guy like I don't know ten gold coins. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that'll get everybody at least one drink and some food to go around. Yeah, that, that that's actually quite a bit of money. He, his eyes light up. He's like, yeah. He's like, everybody drinks on this guy, and he points to you. Um, he starts pulling out um, like tankards and starts filling them up with like ale and popping out some some bottles of wine, some really cheap um, bottles of wine. Um, and they start bringing out chickens and cheese and bread and all that. And then these, this uh, this table has it has like a, a man and a woman. Um, they are uh, probably middle aged. They both have cat ears. Um, they are they are dressed a little rougher than even the other folk in here. Um, you can tell that they're probably farmers by trade. They actually looks like they probably made their own clothing, um, except for know, the Wranglers. Except for the Wranglers, yes, they did buy those um, at uh, the uh, feed store. Um, because <laughs> that's where I get all my clothes is at the feed store. Well, um, <laughs> um, and uh, they, so uh, Richter and Nari, you guys have noticed that whole simmering kind of uh, aggression going on, that kind of secret, uh, the conspiracies that are going on. The Blanchards here at this table, they, they have a completely different uh, kind of aura about them. Uh, you see depression and sadness and um, almost like a, like they've given up, right? You see this this weariness to them. Um, my friends, I'm so sorry to hear about, you know, some of the difficulties that you faced. The barkeep over there mentioned to us. Um, I apologize for, for bothering you at the moment. 
we're just merchants that we're going to be passing through. We were thinking of heading north, but it sounds like there's been quite a bit happening to the north and that might not be a good idea. We were hoping we might be able to uh, get your thoughts on the matter. I'd be happy to pay for some of your time to discuss this. The woman speaks up and she says, it's bad up there. Um, we had a barn collapse and kill a few of our animals. That's uh, That was a blow that we couldn't afford. And uh, it seems like the, the shaking's only getting worse up there. So we actually left. If you're heading north, just, just be careful. A lot of the families have moved out um, and left, um, which from what I've heard, that means that there's some brigands that have moved in and are... Um, making some of the farmsteads their their own, if you know what I mean. Oh. And then you see that the, the man spit out of anger. I'm very sorry to hear that. Are there are there paths or areas that have been less affected? Are there areas that have been untouched by some of the tremors? She speaks up and she says, everyone that we've talked to has said that the same thing, that the tremors are getting worse, that you know, um, outbuildings and sheds are collapsing. The animals are, are just the animals. You, you can't console them. They are, they, they've grown wild, um, because of the shaking. It's, it's some of them, it's like they sense it and they, they fear it. And, um, we've had animals break down fences and run off. Um, like I said, we had a barn collapse. Um, the other families all say the same thing. And then, uh, the, uh, the man speaks up and he says, all except for the millets. And she says, yes, yes, except for the millets. Um, yes, they they seem to be doing fine. The millets? Yeah, they're a family up there that's, um, they're just, uh, they're just on the other side of, uh, of the rise from our farm. Um, it seems like they haven't been having nearly the problems that we have. Their, their animals seem to be doing okay, and they haven't lost any buildings or anything like we have. Interesting. Well, maybe there's something about what they're doing that uh, is is helping shield them from whatever is going on. Um, would you be willing to mark it on a map or, or help point us in that direction? I'd love to be able to speak with them. Yeah, I'd be really interested to know what, what god they're sacrificing their children to to appease <laughs> the earthquakes. <laughs> I have so many children I'm ready to sacrifice, so, you know. Uh, the woman looks over <laughs> at the man, and the man just kind of shrugs and says... Uh, I'm I'm not going back. So, who knows? These may be brigands. They may they may want to steal from our farm. But I'm not going back for anything. So, it's yours. You can have it. He just assumes that you guys are just trying to look for an easy mark to to rob somebody. Um, oh, then we'll buy it from you. If you want to sell it, we'll buy it from you. That'd be fine. Yeah. Name a price. She actually puts her hand on his shoulder and she says, "It's okay. It's okay." And then she she tells you kind of roughly how to get to their farmstead. Um, it's only about a day and a half uh, walk along the road. It's not very... So after a day and a half uh, of heading along the road, um, you'll come to a stream that goes across the road. And if you follow the stream uh, further east, kind of inland, uh, you will come to a little farmstead. That's their farmstead. And then there's a rise just to the north of that. If you go over that rise, you will come to the Millet's farmstead. So all in all, you should be able to get there in two days. Two days. Okay. Seriously, I, I appreciate you taking the time, and we have no intention of trying to raid your home or your homestead. Kaylin's going to lean in close, and to the to the husband, 
and kind of put an arm on his shoulder and kind of whisper into his ear. He knows it's uncomfortable to be that close. And he says, truly, I sympathize with your situation. And if I had more to give, I would. But take this and hopefully you can help set up yourselves and set up your family in accommodations or something, at least temporarily. And he's going to give him a hundred gold pieces. Wow. Jesus Christ. Like in a little bag or something like that? You just slide a bag over? Yeah, kind of below okay. the table level if I can. He, uh, let's, let's see how he responds. He, he looks up at you, and this is actually the first time he kind of looks up from the table. And he looks and he says, I, I thank you. I thank you, Caleb. Um, and then he and his, uh, his wife, they look at each other and they um, hold hands and um, they don't say anything more. They just look at each other and, uh, and hold this, this small sack of quite a bit of money. You know, Kalen, Kalen will step back and kind of not turn to Pine, but to Pine, he's going to say, I've devoted my life to justice. But one thing I've learned that's important to remember with justice is that an element of mercy is almost always, always needed in order for things to be in balance. That's why they're paired. Indeed it is. Okay, so two days for us to get to a location that might meet some of what the the librarians had mentioned, or at least might meet some of the... Uh, the writings that we're talking about this herald. Two days. All right. Um, Nari and uh, and and Richter, we're gonna need to procure mounts for you, uh, so we can travel more quickly. But um, that's that's a fantastic lead. I I'm feeling optimistic. Well, with the way this one's throwing around money, I'm sure we won't have any problem finding mounts. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna let Richter be your sugar daddy, buy you a new set of wheels. Yes. <laughs> awesome alright okay um, yeah, you guys finish your food here at the last stop in um, and you know the, the chicken is greasy the cheese is stinky the bread is crusty and it tastes delicious as you guys finish this food it's now roughly um, I think it's late afternoon so what are you guys going to do at this point I guess we should head back to the uh, place we said that they'd find us Right. Should we head back to the belly up? Maybe have another couple drinks? Do a bar crawl through Clinium? <laughs> yeah, let's give it a shot. All right. As you guys head back south towards the uh, the city gate of Clinium, again, you guys can't help but notice the, uh, the, the unease amongst the villagers here in Pillarin Village. But you manage to get to the gate. The guards at the outside of the gate, they take one look at you and they wave you right on in. Uh, they don't even check papers or anything like that. Um, and you are back in the city of Kalinium. And the first thing you notice is um, that there is um, a, a couple of kids running around in the street, ringing bells, um, calling everybody to the dueling grounds. Um, and they say, a duel, a duel is on. Uh, that doesn't sound right. Gosh, that sounds so terrible. A duel is on, like Donkey Kong. It's <laughs> on. They say, bring it on. And we say, it's been brought in. <laughs> As is custom. Yes, the way it is in men rest. They're, they're ringing the bell, uh, ringing bells as they hurry through the street. And you hear them shouting out, two challenges have been accepted uh, to the dueling grounds. And uh, you see people starting to move in the direction of the dueling grounds. 
what are you guys going to do now as people are actually heading towards the dueling grounds? I'm going to take off my shirt and start oiling up. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely keeping my armor on. Um, <laughs> I prefer clarified butter when I oil up for these things. <laughs> I, I'm assuming... So So we haven't talked about the dual etiquette. So mm-hmm. I'm assuming... We, it's just going to be like a normal combat, or are we going like, to con- like revert back to like mundane weapons? No armor specific requirements with that. I mean, there's different ways that you can do it. However, um, more than likely, it will be similar to when um, Pine, when you challenged, or when Tristan challenged you, or you challenged Tristan, where yeah. you will use all your stats, use all your skills, and everything, um, and it will basically be two first blood. Um, and um, unless unless the person that you challenged wants it to be more, right? They have the opportunity to raise the stakes. And then you have the opportunity to either accept those stakes or to back out completely. So sometimes you'll have people who will challenge somebody to a duel. And then the person challenged will call the person's bluff and, you know, and want to fight to the death, right? And then the other person might very well back off, Um and sometimes it, it doesn't work out in that person's favor. You'll be using all your skills, dealing all the massive damage and everything that you can do, but it won't be lethal damage. It will be just trying to draw blood. Okay. All right. As you are standing there, um, kind of hearing these kids uh, ringing bells, and you see people starting to move towards the dueling grounds, not everybody is going, but there's a, a sizable chunk. You see like you know four or five people here, like two or three people there are kind of heading down. Uh, south towards the dueling grounds, um, you see a figure approaching you, and it is actually the attendant from the um, kiosk. <laughs> I was going to say, that's what I was going to say. Uh, from the little gazebo, I guess, uh, where the book was, where you signed your book. Um, he comes walking up to you. You can see he's got a little stone like in his hand that he's holding. Um, it looks like he's probably casting some sort of spell um, to locate you, um, and he has found you. And he steps up to you and he says, Mr. Tembered Pine, Mr. Kalen Richter, your challenges have been accepted, and a duel is to commence forthwith. <laughs> Post haste! <laughs> Notwithstanding, nonetheless. <laughs> he, he kind of motions back towards the, uh, towards the uh, southern part of the city. He says, if you wouldn't mind following me. And he starts walking back towards the, towards the, uh, the dueling grounds. All right, Pine, Pine will follow. Yeah. Yeah, let's do this. Pine will follow riding on crumbles. Oh, yes. And Richter will skip along beside <laughs> to keep up. <laughs> is Roos riding uh, feathers? Oh, yeah. Roos is on feathers. Nice. Hey, Richter, right. you need to make a grand entrance. Why don't you see if you can ride feathers in? <laughs> with with Roos? Hop on this... behind Roos and hold Roos in front of me. You'll sit on my shoulders and I'm on the beach of the pool. A giant penguin. This poor giant penguin. <laughs> well, well, maybe better if I sit in front of you, Roos, and you hold me so I don't fall <laughs> off and look like a fool. You said, you said unsalted butter to rub you down with? What was it that you liked? Uh, clarified butter. So oh, it's clarified. already been melted once. Ghee, you yeah, know? Ghee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, You know, it's best if you do that, if you make ghee on the full moon. I mm. learned that from my real-life wife. <laughs> oh, I feel like I shouldn't so be laughing. I want to know why. Uh, <laughs> kind of a hippie. 
right. As you, as you guys travel through uh, through the city, um, you approach the dueling grounds. And as you approach the dueling grounds, you see that whereas before it was just this pit, there was really nobody around. Um, now you see that there are people gathered around, like standing up against the, the banister that surrounds the pit. And they're gazing down in. You see that there are like city guards who are here um, that are um, stationed kind of around the, uh, the pit. And you can see... Um, standing on the stairs on the west side of the the pit, you see um, an, uh, a middle-aged man, uh, silver hair. Uh, you see he is lean. He is uh, wearing a breastplate. Uh, he has a sword at his hip. He's got one of those off-one-shoulder capes, you know, like it's not a full cape. It's like a half cape, but it only hangs off of one shoulder. Um, a very dashing figure. A Shazam cape. A Shazam cape, yes, exactly. Um, and he is uh, he is standing on the west side. Um, on the east side staircase, you see another figure. This man has black hair tied back in a ponytail, red skin, uh, big horns. He is wearing um, like plate armor, and he has a um, a great sword strapped across his back. And he is just standing there um, with his arms folded, uh, watching you all approach. So these two men are on opposite ends of the dueling grounds, but um, you are fairly certain that the um, the silver-haired man is Etienne, and the the dark-haired man with the horns is Cassian. Holy crap! Are they doing a doubles match? Hein, yes, there is oh, going yeah. to be a doubles match when we get together next time, because that's where we're going to stop for tonight. Whew. Okay, you guys. Um, it looks like next time we get together, there will be um, a duel between Pine, Richter, and uh, two apparently very good swordsmen. Fight, 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 fight. <laughs> anyway, go check out our Patreon. You can get uh, more info like maps and a wiki. You can see like character sheets, that kind of thing. Also, don't forget you can talk to us on Discord. We are there quite often. In fact, it's on my phone and I get notifications sometimes. Uh, so we are there. You can chat with us. Technology is cool. Technology is pretty great. And until we get together next time, we hope you have a great time. <laughs>